episode two of Dipsomania, the podcast about booze and cocktail culture. I'm Jake, and in this episode, Lance and I dive right into drinking and talking about the Martinez cocktail. Enjoy. Hello. Hi. I just got back from the liquor store, only to realize I had no maraschino. So. Ah! <laughs> So did you make an? Uh, did you find some, or did you make a variation? Uh, well, I, I made a variation, but apparently it's historically accurate. I used dry curacao. Oh well, I'm using um, the Lilit uh, Rosé. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, it's a lot less sweet. Uh, the Luxardo probably helps with that. Mm-hmm. And because I made these also. Friday night using you know the the one everybody uses the big the big bottle in the tin oh uh, Antica there you go yes and so I'm out of that and then like I like I had uh, mentioned on my twitters I'm I used all of my gin which right. is weird yeah so it was a it was a kind of an odd martini in that it was a variety of gins because there were six people here and we had two drinks each and I really wasn't planning on that happening. Yeah. And normally gin is not a problem. I normally have like five or six bottles of gin, right? Sure. And in fact I did, but they were all like, you know, down the last half inch or inch and uh, it goes fast when you have a lot of people. Definitely. So it was funny. I was just doing a Quick double check because I, I thought I knew what a Martinez was. So I went online and checked recipes, and there are a million of them. Oh, really? Yeah, the one I saw was the Luxardo one, which is probably because it turned up first on Google. Sure. And and what is that? Is that like two with the old Tom Gin and one vermouth? or I, I believe that. It, well, it might be equal parts old Tom and vermouth. Uh-huh. A quarter ounce of Luxardo and a couple splashes of bitters. Yep. And then it's supposed to have an orange peel, and I didn't have any oranges either. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm a bad bartender today. Like, if, if this, <laughs> if this were a bar, and people came in, and maybe they were ignorant about what what the actual drink was, and I, I could serve it and go, that's a Martinez, because look, <laughs> it's kind of the same. Like, I don't have any citrus. I, I think I have one lime in the house. And I don't have maraschino. Which is bad for both of us. I mean, we, we had agreed on this drink long beforehand. We certainly had time to go to the store. I've been in two different liquor stores this weekend and still failed. I keep Luxardo. It's one of my go-tos because I really like aviations. Yeah. I usually always have it, but um, yeah, I don't. And I tried the the drier maraschino liqueurs, and they don't really work in the aviation as well, I don't, I don't think. I, I often keep the Leopold's maraschino around, and it is a bit drier, and I just kind of like the Luxardo flavor. Yeah, it, it's it's nice. I you know I think I went through this period where I didn't want to. I was looking for more esoteric things, so right, I wasn't right. going to use Luxardo because everybody uses Luxardo. So yeah. I'm gonna, So I I think I I found the Leopold brothers and. Um, I did the same thing with St. Germain. There was another mm-hmm. elderflower liqueur that came from Britain. I think it's um, uh, it's not Grace. Uh, they're, they're primarily a vodka producer, but they uh, use the vodka to make other things. Right. And they make an elderflower one, which, again, the St. Germain is really syrupy, a very sweet version. Yeah, 
Yeah. And their version is very dry because I think it's, it is literally just like probably macerated elderflower and vodka. Right. So you get that you get the perfuminess of it, um, but it's not it's not that super sweet, which I actually think works better for the Saint Germain drinks because they're usually adding that to like champagne and things that already have some sweetness. Right. But with Luxardo, I I found it's it's very reliable, and I guess I mean how long have they been making it? So they know what they're doing. Seriously. Yeah. So, and like I saw one recipe where it's kind of an upside down cocktail where it's more vermouth than gin, and I was so confused. I made mine with ransom old time gin, mm-hmm. two ounces, one ounce of the Koki Torino vermouth, mm-hmm. and then a bar spoon of dried curacao and Boker's bitters. Yeah, I also used the uh, the same old Tom. Uh, as mentioned, I used the Lilit, but I did uh, one and a half to one and a half. Okay. And then kind of splashed in the Luxardo and splashed in the bitters. And I didn't even shake it. I just stirred it because I, I know we can even debate this, but I keep my gin in the freezer so I can... Mm-hmm. Like, Make instant cocktails as quickly as I can. There's not really anything that would drive me to shake this drink. I, I stirred it. Well, the, I know that I do get a lot of scuffaws about me keeping my gin in the freezer in that it, it, it seems to, it dampens the botanicals so that when you're drinking something, you don't get the full gininess of it. Right. I haven't found that to be true. And I, again, for me, well, it's twofold. One is I'm, literally out of shelf space to put more liquor in the kitchen. So keeping it in the freezers is practical. Yeah. And the other is I don't find that it diminishes my enjoyment of it. Well, right. I mean, it's Morgenthaler's line that you want your cocktail to be pretty much universally. You want a cocktail to be served blindingly cold, Mm -hmm. just as cold as possible. And then the flavor changes over time as it comes to room temperature, if you're actually drinking it that slowly. So you you saw that uh, the video from from uh, the long now, where she's mixing with a, and she being, uh, can't remember her name at this point, but we'll fill it in later. <laughs> the bartender at, at the long now, which which is here, and she literally uses a thermometer to mix her drinks to get them, like getting specific drinks to specific temperatures. Yeah, and she she went she explained that to great length. I I thought it seemed a little precious. I'm not sure that my palate is yeah is that sensitive to know the difference in the number of degrees of the drink that i'm drinking yeah for her to say like this drink needs to be at 28 degrees and this drink needs to be at 30 degrees like that seems a bit fussy well it's it's it might also be a reflection of that bar which which is kind of a scientific based bar that's their shtick so maybe that you know adds to the 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 experience of, of going going there right i did try doing the diagonal ice frozen in the glass which i thought was cool uh, it didn't work that well for me, but they probably do better with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'm willing to bet that they probably have a special tray, right, to to, to load the glasses into, and because that's again, that's kind of what they do there. Yeah, you can buy into having your own gin. So they got, um, oh, what's his name, Lance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe we should drink halfway through and not necessarily <laughs> at the beginning. Well, anyway, they so they have a specific gin there that's made with these botanicals that you can only get there. So you basically buy a bottle of their gin, okay, and they'll replenish it, and you you kind of uh, you can share it with whoever is there. Sure. But what it's what it's really doing is kind of it's like a a gin Kickstarter, so that the you're you're paying a premium for this gin that you cannot get anywhere else. Right. But it helps them keep the bar open. Yeah. My friend Dinah and her partner Joe did contribute and have their own bottle of gin and they keep them all above the bar on a on a rack yep. so you can look up and see everybody else's gin and i think they do a scotch as well depending on which one you want to do and it was it is a nice gin it's very smooth uh but i'm again i'm not sure that my palate is going to taste the specific weird botanical that they've included yeah in this. well i mean something like that is more about you know sort of the clubbiness of it like you're you're in the secret society of that bar's gin club uh we had a jazz club open up in denver just recently and when they were like building out and before they were even open they were selling basically booze lockers so, like, you actually get, like, a little locker where they keep your bottles, and those are your bottles. Have you tried the the Nolitz Reserve? I was at a bar uh, remar- and showing off a bit, like, ooh, you've got Nolitz Reserve. And I, and, you know, I'm being bullshit guy. I'm like, oh, they put those in separate stills. And then, yeah. Yeah. And he's, uh, the bartender was nice enough to give me, like, a you know, a tiny sip because I was, I was curious about it. Right. And it's, in, in terms of the bar, that was probably a $40 sip. But you know what it tasted like was gin. Right. Well, are, are you familiar with the uh, Monkey 47? The little tiny... I am. And I do have some of that. 375 milliliter bottle for... That's... Fifty, sixty dollars, right? Fifty, fifty-five bucks or something like that. Yeah. They did a bottle signing at my favorite shop in Denver, so I got a couple bottles signed. One for my wife, one for me. You know, it's really, really good gin. It's really delicious, but in the end, it's gin. Yeah, I I agree. And I so I have friends who come over and and they also milk mix cocktails and they know about where my gin is kept and. And I get home from work, and I'm tired, and I'm like, make me a cocktail. So he made me a martini using that gin, yeah. and he was asking about the, the bottle, so I told him the story. And then he suddenly felt guilty, like, oh, shouldn't this be, like, sipped and, and really, uh, you know, don't don't pollute it with vermouth or something? And I'm like, no, it's gin. And it tasted, it, it, it makes an excellent martini. It is a good gin. It makes It makes an excellent martini. It even makes an excellent Negroni. I'll say that. I'm looking up the Nolas to see. I don't want to. I don't want to make people think that I'm making these prices up. So I'm. I'm trying to see where. It's in a fancy gold bottle. Um. So the one I'm looking at is seven hundred dollars. Holy moly! Or seven fifties. Yeah. So Nolas Reserve Gin, six ninety nine ninety nine, or seven seven fifty if you really want to pay even more. Wow. So now I feel even better about having that sip. Seriously. But again, it. Tasted like gin. There's there's a review on drinkspirits.com. No, let's reserve the seven hundred dollar gin. So, uh, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> kind of a kind of extended introduction. Oh, I know. This will be like the this is like a, the no let's reserve podcast, right? If you if you want to hear it, you have to be invited. Uh huh. You don't you not it's just not for everybody. It's a particular taste. Yeah. But but it's it, you know, it's worth it if you really want to invest the time in listening to the podcast. Sure. Might be worth it. Mmm. Yeah, I know. They go down fast. Mmm. It's a delightful drink that I never really think about having when I go to a bar. Almost nobody like has it featured on a menu. Nope. 
Obviously, you can go to a bar and order in Manhattan, whether they say they make Manhattans or whatever. But hardly ever do you see a Martinez. And I don't really keep Old Tom around. I, I do keep a bottle on hand because I, I like using it. And I, I just like it straight. It's one of my favorite things. Um, well, especially the Ransom. Yeah, especially the Ransom. That is a good gin. Delightful. Again, all praise to Dave Wondrich because he was associated with developing that as well. Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> the man gets around. He does. Oh, speaking of which, you got published... I did. And it's a recipe? How did this happen? Okay, so he likes to call himself Gaz these days, but Gary Reagan, whose face is on the bottle of Reagan's Orange Bitters, mm-hmm. he's, he's a very well-known uh, bartender guy, writer about booze and whatnot, and he periodically puts out a call. Actually, he always has an open call for bartenders to send him recipes. And he has, like, a newsletter and a website and stuff, and he features these recipes each week. He's judging these on... These are just... It's just him, right? It's not like a panel of people. He's just... Right. Okay. Yeah. And, like, as far as I know, I'm sure he has assistants and whatnot. Like we do. Exactly. By the way, can you make me another one? Thank you. So it's a crowdsourced kind of thing, right? Like, he collects all these recipes from bartenders. Do you know how long he's been doing it? Um, so I am published in volume four. Okay. It's Gaz Reagan's 101 Best New Cocktails, volume four. He's constantly publishing recipes from bartenders and stuff. I was really happy with this drink that I made, which I call a citrine because it's a play on a bijou, which is a Negroni variation. Jeff. <laughs> Follow that at home. Uh-huh. Three steps. Three steps to get there. Just on a lark, I submitted my recipe for the citrine, calling myself a stay-at-home bartender and all that jazz. Yeah. But yeah, so it, it's it's basically a Negroni with gin, sweet vermouth, and Sue's. So you were already... F- so it's equal parts? Yeah. Okay. So you've just given away one of the 101... Mm-hmm. recipes and that's worth like 20 bucks right it's mine to give away <laughs> and so when you are you is it just you and the lovely heather who is testing your recipes or how how do you determine this this one works oh it's mostly just me just you <laughs> all right my 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 lovely wife heather is quite tolerant of most of the drinks i've made yeah um, I'm also pretty lucky in that I don't make a whole lot of bad drinks when I'm experimenting. Do you keep them in a book? Eh, not religiously. I, sh- I should do better at it. But So how did you keep... So you did this one and you're like, oh, that's good. And the photo was all, all you need because it's equal parts. Right. Okay. Yeah, every time I've made a drink, I just... I, I'm, I'm either already in my cups yep. and... Yep. I'm like, ooh, this tastes good. I'm going to try to make another one. And then the next day, you literally forget what the thing was. Um, well, congratulations on being in the book, because I think that's awesome. Um, what was what, What's my theme? What was my thing? The trends. Ah, um, I'm going to be... I'm, I, I have one drink in me. Is it time to like pause for drink number two, by the way? We're halfway in. Yeah, I'd say we should. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna pause for station identification. Uh, feel free to pour yourself something delicious. Uh, we're we're drinking Martinez's, which the very first appearance in old cocktail books in the eighteen hundreds 
Apparently, the instructions were just like a Manhattan, except substitute gin for the whiskey. Think about that. Okay, uh, I'll I'll give that a shot, and and we'll be back uh, momentarily. Excellent. So this, I haven't tasted this one yet, but it it is potentially weird. This is. It is not Old Tom Gin. It is uh, barrel-aged 209 in the Chardonnay barrels. 209. Mm-hmm. What, what is this? I don't know what this is. Number 209 Gin? Ah, oh, well, you're missing out on something great. Uh, it's another local gin here. They're actually out on Pier 50 here in San Francisco. I have seen it. Uh, you should give it a shot. Okay. But they this year did two... Uh, reserve gins. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was barrel aged in Chardonnay, and the other one's barrel aged in Cabernet. So this is this is the Cabernet barrel aged gin. Interesting. With uh, Quinato. Oh wow! <laughs> and, yeah, right. And uh, and I and I'm still sticking with the Luxardo to try to at least like lean towards a Martinez. Right. Uh, and I use Dale DeGroff's pimento bitters. Okay, excellent. So cheers. Cheers. Oh. Okay, this tastes nothing like a Martinez. Really? No. I'm I'm super on the fence about barrel aged gins. Mm-hmm. I haven't really had one that's really like lit my fire. I'm not a big Chardonnay fan, so I haven't tried their Chardonnay one. But the Cabernet one is lovely, uh, and it's good just for sipping on its own. And you almost want to because it's pricey as hell, right? But it it's delightful. So if you do see it around and you are you've got some something to splurge on, yeah, I, I, can, I can recommend that. Yeah, that's funny. Like I did try like just having the monkey gin just like on a rock. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have a martini. <laughs> Fair enough. You know. Well, I I think what the barrel aging does though is it does give it. Um, so you've got the oakiness and you have a bit of a sweetness added to it. So it's almost as if you've added vermouth to it already well i mean that's the thing you can sort of choose your own adventure if you're mixing drinks yeah i think on their part it was probably uh a see what happens kind of thing sure i totally respect that i think it's a lot of fun when producers do that but just the the regular 209 is probably right up there as one of my favorite gins it's really nice okay excellent i will definitely check it out it's what i would call a uh, reliable gin right so you tried a new gin I tried a new gin from the lovely people at Sipsmiths mm. from England. Mm-hmm. They have a new variety called VJOP. Yep. The J standing for juniper. So this is supposed to be like their big bomb gin. You know, very strong juniper. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it wasn't as big as a lot of the gins I already drink. Like, say, the St. George Terroir or their other one. What's the botanist or whatever it is. Do you think that's because they're British? I don't know. They're a little more reserved in their gins? I don't know. The Everyday Sipsmiths is a fantastic gin. Yep. Highly recommended. Yeah, I, I will join with you in recommending that to our listeners at home or wherever you happen to be listening. I was surprised that this didn't, like, blow my socks off my feet i happen to have met uh sam galsworthy who is uh i'm not sure what his actually relationship is with sip smith but again through dinah who knows everybody in the world apparently and yeah. uh makes frequent trips to europe um and got to tour the sip smith uh, factory i remember that she posted 
lots of great yeah. photos. So he came. He was doing a tour and showing off the gin because it wasn't available here for a really long time. Yep. And now, and now it is. Um, so I got a chance to meet him. Delightful gentleman in every sense of the word. Very polite and and super proud of his gin as he should be. Yeah. And I, uh, they both mentioned that gin, and I don't want to talk out of turn, but in my memory, Dinah wasn't a fan of it uh-huh. and maybe for the same reasons like she really was hoping that it had a wallop or something interesting or strange right. going on i'm not trying to say i don't like the gin i think it's a delightful gin but it, i mean it is bendy <laughs> so you were you were expecting something more unusual yeah is it distinct from the other gin do you think i haven't tasted it i, d- I haven't done like side by side and it's been a while since i've had a bottle of the standard Sipsmith. i can't immediately identify a big difference seems sort of similar um and i'm gonna say i know that i mean i drink a lot of gin and i enjoy gin very much i'm not sure i would recognize the juniper note right that's that's what people that hate gin hate about gin (laughs) really yeah it's that it has flavor it's specifically the juniper note and so is it woodsy is it what because i like it so i must like it my wife heather just calls it Christmas tree flavor. Is it real? So, okay. Because I don't... That's what I don't like about one of the things you mentioned earlier, the terroir. Okay. It's a. It's too piney for me. But I think it actually has fur in it. Yeah, I think it actually does. And I don't... They went climbing up the side of Mount Tam and just picked whatever they could pick. And Yeah. And that over... To me, that it overwhelms everything else going on in there. Mm-hmm. And I... The, the thing I, li- I do like about gin is that you can taste the different botanicals and the different flavors. Right. And a lot of times they do lean... Have, like, I, I find Hendrix really rosy. I know they use uh, rose and cucumber and yeah. they're distinctive. But I... I and I enjoy it it's actually really interesting with hendrix because when they first came on the market i was like holy crap that is such a strong cucumber flavor but now all i taste is like the rose Mm -hmm. like i barely noticed the cucumber going on i would agree and i I wonder if they've changed it i wonder if they've modified the recipe or what yeah big fan i love i love it yeah the first time i had it was in london and i think that was before it was available here i don't want to be all on top of anybody's shit or anything, but I was in London. Wow! And uh, you weren't was, in Scotland. This was no, I was not in Scotland. <laughs> just in just in stupid London. Uh, my I was a, it was a business trip, and my boss, who was a gin fan, and and I really wasn't a gin fan at this point. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was probably more of a wine connoisseur than I was in cocktails. Okay. Um, but she was. She, she so she was kind of like me now, right? Like, oh, but maybe you haven't found the gin that you like. Yeah. We were at pharmacy which was um, a hoity-toity kind of... Uh, it was a Damien Hurst-designed right. bar restaurant. Yep. And they and she saw Hendrix behind the bar. So she goes, I'm going to get you a Hendrix martini, and you're going to like it, <laughs> whether you know it or not. Yeah. And in fact, I did very much. I, oh, I, sure. I loved it. It was great. Um, and then I was super happy when, when Hendrix was here. Um, I've been to a couple of their uh, tours. I don't know what you call it. You know, when they set up a like a party yeah yeah i went i went to one of those um I'm, so i'm 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 friends with uh i think his name is mark stoddard he's the uh um hendrix ambassador in the u.s mm-hmm. and uh i went to an event with him it was presented as sort of a cocktail class <laughs> sort of a cocktail the, the one i went to was not at all it was it was 
high concept. Uh, they had this machine that would make you a martini, like ar- armatures and things going around. There was a room you could go into that was dark, and people would like touch you, and because yeah, and it was fun. And I I'm gonna bet that people remembered Hendrix because of it. I right. mean, they have a really distinctive brand. Well, and they have like the sidecar motorcycle where the sidecar looks like a cucumber and they have a they have a blimp. Oh, I didn't know that. They fly a blimp around that looks like a giant cucumber. <laughs> sort of looks more like a watermelon to me. Yeah, yeah, you need the bumps, right? Whoa. Well, am I wrong? It's ribbed <laughs> for your pleasure. Ribbed for somebody's pleasure. So, um getting back to bar trends, which was apparently my theme for the for well, this week. Before we do that, let's let's yeah, yeah. just real quick Kind uh-huh. of cover our best bottle category segment. Oh, yeah, yeah. What what are we doing this week? Well, so we both agree that Ransom is the ultimate old Tom Gin. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a very small category. There's basically Ransom and Heyman's and what else? I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna Google this, but I'm totally gonna Google this. Apparently, Tanqueray has an old Tom now. I've never had that. Charles Tanqueray. A limited edition. Uh, the article that I'm reading is this is on Serious Eats. I I've never even seen this. And you're in a market that actually would see it. Yeah, uh, we get everything here. We're lucky about that. It, it is literally a, a limited edition because they're numbering the bottles, which normally appeals to me because you know you know me. I have so many hoarded empty bottles <laughs> on my mantle. And now liquor liquor.com says six mind-blowing old Tom Gin cocktails, but they don't mention which old Tom Gin they are using. But I would agree like if you're going to have old Tom Gin and you definitely should, the Ransom is the one you're going to get. Well, and the Heyman's is a totally different beast. Like they're not even they don't even seem to be in the same category to me. I have not tried like I'm such a fan of this one I I haven't tried the other one. So there's a company called and I'm completely unfamiliar with this Spring 44? Uh they're out of Colorado. No, oh, so they have an old tom. Actually, yes they do. It is juniper up front with light ginger and vanilla tones. Vanilla. Actually, I can say that's quite good. You have had that? Yeah, just like one time. So uh, I've gone to the Imbibe site, Imbibe magazine. Yes. So they're saying Old Tom is between a London gin and a Dutch Geneva. And the uh, sweetness is because they've added malt, malt or sugar. Or sugar. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, so it's not necessarily barrel aged at all. No, no, no. And that's where the color comes from. So they talked to Jim Heyman, owner and maker of Heyman's Old Tom. Which is crystal clear. Is it? To contrast it with the Ransom, which is a gorgeous sort of tawny color. And it also has more of a crystal clear flavor. Like it doesn't have as much of the sweetness that the Ransom has. So it looks like uh, Mr. Heyman went to David Wondrich to come up with their uh, version of the Old Tom. So Wondrich has consulted on all the old Toms. Oh, has he? Apparently, because I know he consulted on the Ransom. They cover Heyman's and they cover Ransom. They're saying Ransom, I'm quoting here, Ransom is the marriage of a base wort of malted barley and a high-proof corn spirit infused with a fairly simple potpourri of botanicals including juniper, coriander, orange, lemon, angelica root, and cardamom. The final distillation is run through an alembic pot still and then aged in wine barrels. You were Uh right there. Yeah. 
the wood lends the gin its color and gives the gin a drier, more tannic bite than is the case with Haman's, which I would agree. Another old tom that I ran into here uh, that I would like to try is a, a Greenhook Ginsmiths. Have you had any of the Greenhook there in Brooklyn? I knew that, but I haven't seen any of their spirits in Colorado. So, Oh, I have their... They make a beach plum gin, which is their version of a slow gin. Ooh, that sounds fantastic. It is, in fact, fantastic. Um, and I had to order that from a uh, uh, liquor store. We don't... I haven't found it here either. I okay. ordered it from New York. Yep. Uh, but they apparently also make an Old Tom, and I would be really interested in trying that. Um, their description is uh, they also age it for 12 months in Oloroso Sherry Butts. Ooh. Uh, and it is 100 proof. Mercy. That is a gin and a half is what that fucker is. But uh, if you... For those listening at home, if you haven't tried Old Tom, you definitely need to give it a, a shot. It's very different from a London dry gin. It is. It's a whole different experience. So we managed to talk about Old Tom gin quite a bit. We'll save sweet vermouth for a while. Yeah, that's a huge right episode, probably by itself. Yeah, because sweet vermouth totally depends on context. I had a friend in uh, this weekend uh, from Memphis. She's she's moving into the city, and I gave her a taste of uh, Lilith, Lillet, both the blush and the rosé, and she really had no concept of vermouth at all. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, it tastes like wine. And I'm like, well, in a sense, it is wine, but it isn't wine. Is Lillet technically vermouth, though? Because Lillet sort of presents itself as its own thing, right? Like, they don't call themselves a vermouth. Right. They, they are... Are they, are, they, are they are, a fortified wine, then? They, they absolutely are a fortified wine. Which, and, and so what's is the vermouth. Yes, so what's the difference? That's what I'm asking. That's, that's... I, I qualify them as a vermouth. Okay, that's... that's Maybe that... we can get their brand ambassador on to whore for Lillet, and they, he can tell us what the difference is. Yes. But I'm I'm th- I qualified as like I like I said I put it in my Martinez and it worked beautifully. I love all of the Lillets. I haven't I di- I don't think there's a bad Lillet. I think they're a little bit challenging to work with. Oh well, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. As, so as a mixer, yeah. As a mixer, I think they're delightful. Like just with a little ice cube and sipping on a hot day. I would agree wholeheartedly with that. But as a mixer, they're very challenging. And you you had great success with your lark of a Martinez. It worked. It did work. But I did use the rosé, so... Right. And I I tried to do... I think I tried to do, like, a Manhattan with the rosé. And that mm-hmm. did not work. It, it was just sort of slanted and, like, off-kilter. It didn't work. So I've, tr- I, I've tried all the Lillets except there is a now a reserve, the premium reserve Lillet. Because everybody needs a reserve. Exactly, which costs twice as much as the regular Lillet. And they do have it here right in my neighborhood. And their Lillets are grouped with the with the vermouths because it's not a wine, but it's... Sure. But it is a it wine. It is fortified. But the... So, I'm gonna, so the, the, the reserve, uh, according to the Lillet site has candied orange and pine resin. That doesn't sound like I want to drink it. Pine resin? <laughs> I guess it depends on how much of it there is, but it doesn't... I'm actually stuck on the candied orange. Like, they candied 
orange and then put it in the wine? Well, well, I don't know if it. I don't know if that's an ingredient or they're saying that it tastes. It has like that's a the, flavor. The, no. Yeah. Yeah. It says, um, "Oh, the mouth." This is listed as a mouth. Oh, it's a mouth. It has a mouth on it, which is <laughs> that's kind of fun. <laughs> and they recommend it with uh, onion jam and foie gras, and I love foie gras. So uh, as do I. I would totally do that. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say bull. I'm gonna call bullshit if they're saying they're not a vermouth. They're totally a vermouth. Okay, that's interesting because on on the bottle. First of all, on the bottle, it's almost impossible to tell which kind you have. Well, other than the color, correct. Well, yeah, the label, the label, right? But uh, it's it's the same, right? Well, and I, I've we've already discussed this, but like if you leave the blanc and the rosé long enough, they will <laughs> oxidize and turn the same color. Mm-hmm. Yes, to be indistinguishable. But there is like on the back label. Tiny, tiny little red print Correct. that says which one you have. And that's the only place. The front label is exactly the same on all three types. So I'm, 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 I'm at the Lillet site, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run you through this. So step one is they select the wines, which I think is a good step one, right? Uh, step two is they're, they're going to select the fruits and the peels, and according to them, they're getting sweet oranges from southern Spain or Tunisia and bitter oranges from Haiti. 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 Uh, quinine from Peru. Uh, and then step three, they make the liqueur. So they start with the liqueur via cold maceration. And they leave that for a few weeks. And uh, after the key ingredients have been extracted, the liqueurs are run off and the fruits pressed. Mm. Uh, step four is creating lelay. Once the liqueurs are ready, they're blended with wines. So, okay, so they... So they so make they a make, fancy liqueur, and they, they blend that with wine. Yeah, and then they blend that with the wine. It's they interesting mix a, there's quinchona. Apparently there is. Didn't realize there's quinine in the lilies. So they um, so they blend the wines with, with a secret recipe in a phase known as fortification. Duh. They, <laughs> There's no trademark, so I'm thinking that they're they're not going that far. Yeah. And then they age it in oak vats for several months. Several being more than three. Right? Probably. Probably. Because that's a few. Yeah. So two is a couple. Yes. Three is a few. Yes. Four would be several. Uh, allowing the aromas to mellow and its characteristic taste, which to me tastes like vermouth, <laughs> to mature. Step six. The cuvées used in Lillet are selected each year for their aromatic qualities and degree of maturity and blended to produce Lillet's characteristic elegance and smoothness. <laughs> that is the last step, getting the uh, elegance and smoothness into the bottle. Excellent. So there you go. Um, and they, so they, yeah, oh, they also have a rouge reserve. Hmm. How rouge? I have not seen that one. Uh, very fruity with an open nose of black and red currants and notes of vanilla. It's oh. slightly sweeter than the Lillet Rouge, which I wouldn't like, actually. Yeah. I li- that's why I like the Lillet Rouge. It's, it's not too sweet. That, yeah, that's actually what I was going to say when you were saying that Lillet falls into the vermouth category for you. It's, it's a lot brighter than mm-hmm. most vermouths. Like... 
a lot of vermouth has that sort of round sweet flavor and lillet has sort of a I'm almost talking like a synesthete, but it has a sharper, bright flavor. That is amazing that you're two cocktails in and you said synesthete. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had an idea and or or a thought. I'm not sure. I think thoughts lead to ideas, but it's completely disappeared. It's gone away. Oh. It was something. It was. It was literally based on something you had said. Oh no, it's gone again. <laughs> that was so close. It was real. Oh, so would you? So would you consider a canato a vermouth? Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a distinctive kind. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like beer, the B Y R R H. Mm-hmm. I consider that a vermouth. Okay, so I'm lo- I'm looking this up. So a canato is. A specific vermouth only made of Barolo wine. Ooh, okay. So it's, it's a Barolo Quinato. Have you had... Are you familiar with Quinato, by the way? Uh, apparently not. Oh, well, um, you should pick some up because it is delicious. And uh, Is there a brand? Is there a label? Um, uh, the one... So the one that's probably most familiar... Uh, I'd have to go fetch the bottle, but... Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally just called Barolo Quinato, yeah. and there and there are two that I know of, uh, and they're both really good and and to me kind of indistinguishable. Um, okay. I'm sure they're using different uh, spices and herbs to fortify them, but right. um, it's a very it's a rich, um, delicious is a word that springs to mind, uh, uh, and and it's a it's a to me. It's a twist on what you get with um, the, the one I keep forgetting in the, in the tin again. What is that? What is that? Uh, Antica. Antica Carpano. Carpano Antica. Uh, which, which is used super broadly. Yes. It's, it's, um, has, it's a, that has the most vanilla notes of vanilla notes. Um, this, uh, so I'm looking at this. Uh, Barolo Quinato is a class of spirit called liqueurs or cordials. Oh. They're, they're considering it a cordial, uh, which are made or macerating a mix of herbs, fruits, or spices in a base liquor, which could be anything from neutral grain alcohol, blah, blah, blah. In the case of Quinato, Barolo Quinato is such as the base of neutral grain spirits that is then judiciously flavored with numerous. <laughs> judiciously. Judiciously. With herbs, spices, and botanicals, including quinine. Mm. Uh, which is quina in Italian, and hence the name quinato. Other ingredients may include cinnamon, vanilla beans, star anise, genetian, rhubarb root, fennel, juniper, citrus peel, cardamom. Um, it is, it's great. Go, it, go, pick up a bottle, everybody. Okay. Um, it's it's delightful because uh, I got it mixed up with quinquina, which, ah. which is like bonal. Mm-hmm. Which I also consider a vermouth. Yep. Like I freely substitute Bonal as a vermouth. Makes great Manhattan. Oh, so apparently Koki makes a Barolo Quinato. Oh. We are, we might be drawing to a close here. Yeah, uh, I, uh, we, we've covered quite a bit. Um, all right. So thanks for listening, everybody at home. I hope you enjoyed your Martinez's as we enjoyed ours. Till next week, friends. All right. Thanks, Lance. Bye.